0: you. It's encouraging, it's inspiring and you leave better than you showed up. Enjoy. All right. Hey, welcome to City Church. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for gathering with us. The sun is out. Are you grateful for that? We don't live in Seattle here. We get more sunshine than any other state theoretically in the, in the in our lovely nation and lately it feels like that's not true. <laughs> it's been so cold and the sun's out today it won't get above like 34, but it'll feel better on your skin. So, you can't bust out the shorts yet, but at least get outside and get some of that vitamin stuff that comes out of the air. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. I, we're going to have fun today. I, I know that uh, it's cold and you're, you know a little stiff trying to get out of the cold, but we're going to lean in today and have a good time. Really glad you're here. My name is Drake. I'm the pastor here. We are continuing our series, Practice Community in the Way of Jesus, and uh, if you're a first time guest with us here, really glad you're here. I just want you to know no matter where you're walking in on your spiritual journey, you are loved, safe, and welcome, and we're genuinely glad that you're joining us today. Our desire is to meet you where you are, help you take some next steps in your spiritual journey, whatever that might mean for you today, so let us know how we can serve you and come alongside you. Here's the question I have for you today as we lean in. Have you ever... if you're missed an invitation because the cost was like too high, someone invited you into something or you had an opportunity in front of you, but, but that opportunity came with a cost and you were evaluating it and you were trying to figure out if you were going to say yes or no and then you didn't take the moment and then you realize later you're kind of kicking yourself because you wish you would have. Anybody ever done that? Um, I had some stories, but the more that I thought about all the stories that I have related to this, it was just really embarrassing. And I'm like, I just can't do that on a Sunday, and it'd be recorded forever online. So... Um, I'm going to let you think about all the terrible stories that you have, and we can share them later in Citigroup in a safer place, okay? Um, at the same time, have you ever been on the other side of an invitation where, like, you look at it, and you were like, mm, back and forth, and you said no, and you look back later, and you're like, you're really glad you didn't say yes to that invitation? You're a bit, so, we, life is a series of invitations, and, and, and while there's a lot of them that seem, that seem kind of um, just, just normal and mundane, there are some, like, really big life-altering ones, right? Like, it might be, you know, move here or don't move here. Take this job or that job. Marry this person like forever, which means you don't get to marry other people. You know what I mean? Like, like uh, uh, what to have for lunch today. I mean, that's a really important one that you're going to deal with to say yes to that hot sauce testing contest at Thanksgiving. Anybody? No? Okay, yeah. That, that's maybe a good idea. It depends on, you know, what's going on on the inside, if it's a good idea for you or not. But there's all of these, like, to buy the Icon Pass or not. There's all these life ops, If you don't know what that is, it's for, you know, shredding the gnar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that guy. But uh, it's funny today. Um, so, so, right, there's all these big decisions. And, and the human condition, I think, is familiar with weighty decisions. Whether it's a simple, well, it's not simple, but buying a car, making an investment, again, making that move, a relationship, you name it. There's all these things that we do, and a lot of them, they carry weight because they have the potential to affect your life forever. Like like once you start making decisions post high school even, you're like, oh man, this actually has some weight. And some of you, you know, we live in one of the most transient cities in America, and so kind of the nature of Boulder itself represents decision making. Some of you are here on a whim through caution to the wind, and you landed in Boulder because it's awesome, and you don't regret it, which is cool, and we love our city here, Um, but but we have this unique space of constant turnover because of a city that represents decision-making, and so you and I are not unfamiliar with weighty decision-making, but one of the things I think we wrestle with often is, is the weight of a decision and then what we do with it, and so you're in the room today, odds are, because you have at least pondered the idea of what it means to follow Jesus, kind of, rep, like, kind of wrestling with that decision. So let me show you this invitation from Jesus in Luke 9. And this is something very, very common that you and I walk into, but we're going to look at it again. Luke 9, Jesus says to those who are around him. So he's, he's sitting with some of his followers, crowds of people who have not yet made a decision of, of who Jesus is and what they're going to do with him. And he says to all of them, whoever, whoever. So, so anyone, this invitation is for everyone. Whoever wants to be my disciple, we're going to talk about that word today. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Or other translations would say soul. And, and this is one of those moments when Jesus just kind of cuts right to it and he doesn't leave, you know, this is not believe in Jesus and go to heaven when you die. This is not, you know, try to be a nice person and just kind of see how things work out. This is a very clear invitation that following Jesus is going to cost something. Now, now, many of you in the room, you're followers of Jesus who have kind of weighed the cost, made the decision to follow Jesus, and you've found that it is absolutely worth it. That, that, that it's a trade that is worth your very life, that Jesus' words ring true on, on the best days and on the worst days, that, that exchange and that invitation was worth stepping into. Some of you are evaluating the invitation from Jesus, trying to figure out what it means, and part of it is because you have, you have heard the invitation from Jesus with a couple of add-ons and a couple of and this and plus these, and and so the invitation for, uh, uh, from Jesus for you it might it might sound muddy, it might be a little confusing, it might feel a little more like religion, and you 've got a lot of extra baggage around maybe the original invitation from Jesus, and so maybe there 's some things in there that you 're like man i don 't know like is that a part of the the invitation with Jesus because that part i don't i don 't know if I want that part, and so, so some of you depending on where you 're wrestling with your, your kind of walk here. We're going to evaluate this invitation from Jesus. And what I want you to understand here, and this is something maybe you're familiar with, is that the invitation from Jesus is not simply to rearrange like the mental furniture and landscape that we carry when it comes to theology. You know, it's not an invitation just to think a little bit differently. Okay, I believe cognitively in Jesus. Therefore, things are going to work out for whatever happens when I die. But while I'm here, just be nice and try to figure it out. This is an invitation not to believe even, but to follow. An invitation to be a disciple, which I don't know if if you're familiar with that word. This is a common word in the first century that you and I don't really carry around. We talk a lot about it here at City Church. The best probably modern translation of that invitation would be to be an apprentice of Jesus. So this is not believing necessarily. It includes that, but it's not limited to like just rearranging some of your thought processes, but rather an invitation. In the Greek, this is the word mathetes. So we talk about it in the Hebrew. It's talmud this invitation to be an apprentice under Jesus. And so if you've heard this word disciple before, it's, it's used a lot if you've been around church for any amount of time. And some people talk about like, hey, do you do any discipleship at City Church? Or have you ever been discipled? Or are you discipling anyone? That that would be sometimes a phrase that, unfortunately, because we don't use that language a lot, we can kind of put our own meanings, our own definitions. And some people mean when they, when they say, hey, are you dis- have you been discipled? They're talking about leadership development. Anybody ever been like a part of a discipling leadership development course type thing, right? All It's great, like totally cool, like we're not, not hating on it at all, but what they mean by that is like Jesus and the 12 and kind of the strategy to reach the world is, you know, this awesome one-on-12 discipling, mentoring, leadership thing, and then we're going to multiply it and reach the world, and it's amazing, right? So Sometimes people mean leadership development when they talk about discipleship. Sometimes they mean one on one mentorship, which is a totally great thing. And this is you know, birthed out of kind of like the Navigators and things like that, where, where uh, um, this one on one, maybe you, know, you, you do a book or you, know, you walk through the Bible together or listen to a podcast or whatever, and you have this one on one mentorship thing, normally with someone maybe older, more experienced, or further down the road, and you're, they're investing in you. How many of you have benefited from kind of a mentorship relationship when it comes to following Jesus? Yeah, super cool, right? totally for that. The the problem is in those two categories, they're great things, but very rarely do we see Jesus one-on-one investing in that manner. Very rarely do we see a leadership just just process. Jesus did have the 12, but he also had hundreds, probably thousands of other followers, so it wasn't limited to just leadership development and mentoring. And and the reason this, this is challenging for you and I in the world that we live in, is because mo- most often this word is used as a verb. Who are you discipling? Have you been discipled? It's something that's done to you or that you are actively doing. But it's, ne- it's not used as a verb in the invitation from Jesus, it's used as a noun. As in, this is not something that you simply do, but it's something you're invited into to become. This is an invitation to be a kind of person, to be a follower, an apprentice under Jesus. And, and, and the comical way to talk about this is, Is um, if you were to ask me, hey Drake, like who are you discipling? Which used in a verb context would be like, hey, who are you Christianing? Or who are you (laughs) followinging? That one's hard to say for me. Hey, have you believered anybody lately? right? And, and you know that, right? You don't Christian people. <laughs> like, some people have tried. You're like, yeah, and I don't ever want that again, right? We don't Christian people. So what are we talking about? The invitation from Jesus, this weighty invitation, is to be a disciple. Jesus is not just the Savior, but he's a rabbi. And, and one of the challenges, especially in like a really highly educated city like Boulder, we, we, we might be wrestling with Jesus as Son of God and Savior, but then is he also like, smart. Like, is he like, okay, Jesus, save my soul, that'd be great. But like your way of life, your way of living, the the, the reasoning, the mental maps that you have, the worldview that you carry, like, can I trust Jesus in that? And many of us, we, we think through the process of believing in Jesus, and then there's something inside us that wants to separate following, Jesus, but Jesus was the very mind of God on display, that he is trustworthy, not only as Savior, but as our teacher, our rabbi, that we apprentice under him, that his invitation into a way of life is actually the good life in 2023 in Boulder, Colorado. So, uh, um, this is not just trusting Jesus with my eternal life, but my way of life. That's the invitation. And, and I just want you to evaluate your way of life, right? We have that, that new year thing gets you to, uh, an, into an opportunity to just evaluate my way of life. And the invitation from Jesus is not simply an individual one, but it's also a collective one into community, into a church, not a, not a weekend gathering, but into a family, a body, which is why I love the video that we're playing right now on the front end of this service is it captures the heart of what Jesus is inviting us into. And so three years ago, uh, we launched City Church, with a dream, kind of this call from God. Danielle and I moved here from Texas. Uh, if you've been on the journey a little longer, we launched City Church three years ago. But we've been on the ground like like five years, and some of you have been around for that. And God called us not, not just to start a service or to, to start a church, but to reach a city. And And we talk about this a lot, but I'm bringing you back into this of where God is taking us this new year. Here, here's the exist. Why, why do we exist? Why do we gather as a church? We exist to help people find their way to God from where they are. This is the call of every Jesus follower, every Jesus community on the planet. This is from Jesus himself. We exist to help people find their way to God from where they are. And one of the questions we ask a lot is how do we do that? This collective, communal, individual invitation to follow Jesus when 93% of our population here in this city alone, much less the West and in the world, 93% 93% of our population here is disconnected from any kind of relationship with God through faith in Jesus. And we knew we weren't moving to Boulder, starting a week in service and changing the world. Like, like, you're not going to change the world? No one's waking up on Sunday mornings not following Jesus Say, so you know what I want to do today? I really want to go sit and listen to a dude talk for 40 minutes and then listen to some amazing songs, and I'm pretty sure that's going to change my life. That's what I've been looking for. No one wakes up with that idea uh, unless they're smoking things, which that does happen, so that's cool. But, like, we're, we're really glad that we get to gather, but this is not the only thing. We knew that God didn't call us to start a weekend service. He called us to start a church And to reach a city and that has graduated into impact both in Boulder and the West and the world. By the way, you do not want to miss next week. Next next week will not be recorded. It won't be online. It can't be live streamed for safety issues. But we are getting ready to send some of our friends out of City Church across the world to live the way of Jesus in in another part of Central Asia. And we're going to have an entire Sunday dedicated to sharing all that God is doing, how we're partnering with them, what that means for you and I locally as we continue to live out the mission. So. next week, you do not want to miss this very unique gathering because it won't ever be available again. So, tell your friends. Um, anyway, so, um, we, we, we know that, that as the church, we can't wait for people to come to us. Like, we love the weekend gathering. love it. Like, if, you, if you're a guest with us, so glad that you, that you showed up. But, but we know posture-wise to do the thing that Jesus has called us to do We can't wait for people to walk in on a Sunday morning hoping that that works out, that we are the church, we exist for the world, collectively we have ownership, that we will live on mission with God where we live, work, and play, and then listening to him wherever he might invite us from there. Together and individually, we take seriously, we want to continue to take seriously the invitation and command from Jesus to live on mission with him, to make other disciples, right? But you might ask the question, how do we do that? Because it's one thing to have a goal, it's another thing to do that. That practically and this is where we've been and this is what i want to like let get deep down into our hearts and our minds today is that we exist to help people find their way to god from where they are by practicing the way of jesus together in Boulder. This has been the invitation. We've been walking through this for a while now, but now we are recentering again kind of the vision series uniquely towards the new year. How, how do we do this? We see God work in and through this community and in our lives individually by practicing the way of Jesus together in Boulder. But this is not, this is not an invitation to nomad Jesus life. This is not an invitation to sit on a Sunday. This is not an invitation to do some Jesus-y things alone, but actually adopt a way of life together where where we find ourselves living. And what this means, we talked about it a lot, what this means is we are going to be organizing our life around three simple things. Can you guess what they might be? (laughs) Number one, go to church. No, no. Number one, number one, what is it? Being with Jesus. Right, to, to apprentice under Jesus, first century invitation from a rabbi, you had three go- goals. Be with your rabbi, become like your rabbi, and do what your rabbi does. Eventually hopefully, hoping to begin to do the very thing that your rabbi was inviting you into. So the same goals are from Jesus. This invitation to be a disciple, to become a type of person, is first an invitation to be with Jesus, and then to become like J- Jesus, and then to do what Jesus did. And if you're getting annoyed with this paradigm, finally, finally, and it's not going away, just, just, just buckle up because it's here to stay. Okay, but this is the space. And what I want to walk uh, you and I through today is kind of a recap of this and where we're going in this new year. So the first one is going to be being with Jesus. Can you say that? Being with Jesus? Being with Jesus. It, this is an incredible invitation. Last week, I invited you into the process of just thinking through Jesus' invitation to slow down to match the pace of your life with Jesus, to relax in Jesus and his love for you. That's what it means to trust, to relax in the promises and the reality of this relationship, to live in and be aware of this incredible invitation of relationship with Jesus. So uh, one of the ways that we do, how do we cultivate a life of being with Jesus? It's not just like that he's there all the time if you're a follower of Jesus, but there's actually ways that we, we talk about it, cultivating practices. So, so, I think I have the slide, yeah? Practicing the way? This unique little slide that we have, the, the, the title for the series, you guys have that? Yeah, thank you. Uh, um, so, not a mistake, practice community in the way of Jesus. Like, this is the, the premise of the, the series is the very invitation that we're invited into. To be with Jesus is, it includes practice, or, or, or a lot of times we call it spiritual discipline. You might not like that word. It sounds like a dirty word. Discipline, ooh. But, what's New Year? You should like the word discipline at least for like, you know 30 days until so your membership runs out at 24 hour right like this space of invitation it includes like how do we be with jesus practically right you might ask that question it includes the practices or the spiritual disciplines of being with jesus so stuff like scripture reading and journaling and prayer daily gathering like we're doing what, what are all the purpose of all of these things we talk about it a lot these practices we prefer to call them over spiritual disciplines but they, they have the purpose of recentering our hearts and minds. Anybody ever, ever distracted? You guys remember the movie Up? The, the dog with the squirrel, you know? Like, that's like 24-7, especially with that thing in your pocket and the social media feeds and everything else going on around you. You and I are the most distracted people on the planet. Our attention span is currently less than a goldfish. It's like seven seconds right now, and it's only going down. You and I find this tension of being present to God, ourselves, and others. And so being with Jesus is not go to church and and then just do your best to be nice throughout the week. It's actually becoming someone. And part of it is is first being with Jesus. And so we have all these, these spiritual disciplines, these practices that we press into. Don't forget they're a means to an end. It's not, I read my Bible, check. I went to church, check. I said some prayers, check. I gave a little money, check. I was nice to my neighbor, check. I, whatever, it's, it's not do those things and I'm accomplishing the invitation to apprentice under Jesus. What is it? Those are all means to an end that through the practices, we are becoming more aware of this relationship of walking with Jesus of what Paul called walking in the spirit. And so it might feel clunky at first. If you're learning to follow Jesus, some of you are just trying to develop the habit of, for example, getting into the scriptures. And this journey that we start tomorrow is 21 days to the book of John. Guess how many chapters are in the book of John? I'll give you a hint. It's really close to 20. It's 21. It's it's amazing, right? 21 days of, pre- and we just happen to have this book that we're going to walk through in John. And some of you are new to that habit. You've been trying to get, and you're like, man, reading the Bible is so hard to be present or to get anything out of it. And so we're going to walk through this journey together. And part of it is it feels clunky at first. And you're like, man, is this even working? And you're like, somebody texted me this week and they're like, what the heck does that even mean? I'm like, I'm with you. I have no idea. Let's, let's, let's talk about it, right? And so you have these moments of pressing into scripture to get a vision for the good life. And, and at first, it feels like discipline, right? Like, and, and this is part of the following the way of Jesus, is it feels like this, this dirty word discipline, that, that, that just, you're like, ah, Jesus and discipline, that just, it, it's kind of hard, right? And some of you are practicing, but you're really struggling, like, is this working? But eventually, it begins to feel like delight, that there's this reality in the fabric of your being, this neuroplasticity, the rewiring of your brain, that eventually you do something long enough and it becomes a knee-jerk, a natural habit for you. So some of you in the room, you have been walking with Jesus long enough in some of the spiritual disciplines that they are knee-jerks, that actually to miss a moment of prayer, to miss the scriptures, to to miss a moment of silence or solitude, or to miss a Sabbath, or these practices that you have built in, you actually feel like like something's missing, like something's wrong, and like, like you're all off because you missed it. Why? Because Part of the spiritual disciplines the practices is a rewiring of who you and i are and how we live and so to be with jesus it starts with what feels kind of clunky and it's challenging but i just encourage you rather than evaluating, hey is this working trust the process of pressing into the practices so over the next 21 days what are we doing we are fasting and praying together in this space and here's what i've been noticing is that stepping into what jesus calls abiding Like this relationship of being with Jesus, it's not doing stuff for Jesus so he likes you. It's reading scripture, it's praying, it's getting quiet right before your next meeting at work, it's taking a moment at lunch and breathing deep in 60 seconds to recenter yourself, to remember, all right, Jesus, you're here with me, I'm here with you, there are people around me I can be present to. That constant learning of just being a Jesus kind of person, Jesus calls it abiding, like like to make our home and our hearts with him, to be present to him, to ourselves and to others. And I've noticed lately that it seems that there's this tandem of abiding with Jesus, and then this, this word surrender comes up all the time, which which that doesn't feel great on its own, but then the scriptures would use an even heavier word, this dirty word obedience, which we really, like discipline and obedience, like this is just not a fun Sunday. We're like, man. And, and so there's this unique tandem of of being with Jesus. He would say things like, hey, y- y- your life will be blessed if you hear what I'm saying and you practice it. There's, there seems to be this tie-in of being with Jesus and then letting these practices cultivate that same space. And, and what's really cool is Jesus models it for us, right? It's not like an invitation into things, trying really hard and gritting your teeth. We talk, we, we said it this way, like following Jesus is not about trying, but about training so, so, so the gospel is not opposed to training, to cultivating and practicing these things, but trying to make God like you is not the invitation here. God already likes you. <laughs> he proved it by sending Jesus for you. And so the invitation is to be with Jesus. So I was reading this week, and Jesus said it this way. He, uh, someone was talking to Jesus, and he said, I always do what pleases the Father. Can you imagine if you could, like, I always, hey, Billy, how's your week going? I always do what pleases the Father. That'd be weird Uh, if you did it. (laughs) You'd be like, ooh, okay. Uh, But for Jesus, like, I mean, think about it. Like, I always do what pleases, always do what pleases the Father? As in Jesus is aware of God's will and his agenda in his life, and he is obedient to it. Can you imagine, like, like, what that would look like for you and I? Like, like just to take a moment and, and ask the question throughout your day. So we're not talking about, like, maybe 6 a.m. quiet time if that's for you or, like, what, what, however you do it. But, like, right before your meeting and you just have a moment and you just ask that simple question in the back of your mind, God, God what would be pleasing to you right now? Or in the, in, in the morning, this question I've been asking lately is, like, God, what would, what would be pleasing to you today? And there's just this cause, these practices, they're making us more and more aware of the constant presence of God in our lives as we live out our, our, our walk with Jesus. You guys tracking with me? This is the invitation to be with Jesus, not religion, relationship in tandem. We're walking. And, and just imagine, over and over again, you and I have a sensitivity. You're like, man, I don't feel like I have that sensitivity. I'm barely aware to myself. But through practice, you and I can learn to be with Jesus. And you might ask the question, why in the world would I do that? Like, Why would I want that at all? When you really get a hold on God's love, his his heart towards you, that he is actually inclined toward you, it makes it easier to trust him, to want to be with him. But the unique journey of being with Jesus is that you and I cannot separate this abiding relationship with obedience they either grow together in our lives or not at all. And you've probably seen that, that these two things work in tandem together. That, that I think to, to what my, one of my mentors calls hearing and obeying, to hear from Jesus and to practice his way. One of my coaches told me, he said, why would, why would God continue to speak or tell you something new if you didn't do the last thing that he told you to do? Like, like maybe the space is simply coming back to that. I'm like, well, I don't like that. I like new information, right? We have this information saturated culture But uh, one of my mentors said that we have an obedience-deficient culture in the West. So, so, right, you you and I have information paralysis more at our fingertips in one newspaper than someone would have access to their entire lives a century ago. You and I have more than enough information, but it's really hard to put it into practice. And so, fasting, right, we're talking about this, and I don't want you to miss it, this 21-day rhythm, and we're calling it a rhythm because we are inviting you into a unique practice. We've done it a couple times now but this unique practice of fasting on Wednesdays and Fridays, which would be the historic practice of the, of the early church. So not 21 days of straight fasting. If you've never fasted before, here's a couple of definitions for you. Uh, fasting is intentionally creating a hunger inside of ourselves so that we can feed on the holy spirit and so in the past we've done things where you like maybe you know back off social media or or like pause your netflix account or you know other things that you kind of take a break from in your life to create space and that's great but we really want to press into the next 21 days of letting god speak to us through our bodies which is really challenging for you and i the idea that god could speak through my stomach is is kind of foreign to me because i'm a you know a brain on 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 legs is kind of how i think and so this space of creating a hunger inside of ourselves so we can feed on the Holy Spirit. We're going to take, here's the invitation, Wednesdays and Fridays. This will be on all of our platforms. It'll be in an email coming out, all of our social media stuff. But Wednesdays and Fridays, starting this week, from sun up to sundown, not eating for what would be roughly, well, it's, it's short right now, so it's, it's actually less than 12 hours. You're, you're lucky, right? It gets dark at like 4 o'clock. So depending on what time you get up, sunup to sundown, fasting from food, if you can do it safely. So listen, this is all invitational no pressure at all, but the idea is, again, letting these practices get into us. What happens when we fast, when we intentionally deny ourselves food for 10, 12 hours, we let the hunger that cultivates in our body transfer to a hunger toward God. So in that hunger pain, I'm going to, I'm going to transfer my attention toward being present to God and to others. Does this make sense to you? Here's a couple other definitions so we can really capture it. Fasting is whole body hungering for God. We're trying to cultivate a deeper hunger in this relationship with God. That's why we fast together. Number three would be fasting. I love this by Dallas Willard. He said, fasting is feasting on our Lord and doing his will. And so the purpose is to be with Jesus, and we're letting this practice of fasting cultivate a heart and a, and a posture and a mentality toward this reality. You guys tracking with me? So the invitation, it starts when? Tomorrow. 21 days, Wednesdays and Fridays, I'd really encourage you to do this with your community. So if you're in a city group, that's going to be the space where you have accountability and encouragement. And again, remember, it's going to probably feel like discipline before it feels like delight. This is so foreign to the Western construct to actually adopt a habit of this that begins to actually do something inside of you. And so Wednesday, you're probably just going to be hungry. I mean you might have like you know cool visions and stuff I mean whatever God can speak however he wants, but the reality is you might be hungry and a little grumpy, and that's okay. Hangry o'clock is gonna be all day for you on Wednesday. And one of the things that it does is it also reveals what's going on inside of us. So that's the invitation. Let's keep moving on. Number two, becoming like Jesus. So so it doesn't stop there. We're being with Jesus, but one of the questions we ask often is who are you becoming? And we want to ask it often because I know that whether you intend to or not, you are becoming someone. The question I would ask you today is the character arc that you currently are living in, where is it taking you? Not, not like tomorrow, maybe a year from now, but at the end of your life, what do you want people to say about you at your funeral? Not that that's the metric, not, that's not the benchmark, right, of like a good lived life. But what's unique is the things shared at your funeral are probably going to be things more related to your character than your accomplishments or, or your accumulation in this life, right? They'd not be like, "Man, you know what? That person, they had really good teeth." Mm. She was an incredible wine connoisseur. Man, they 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 climbed how many 14ers? Like 29? I mean, that was amazing. Life well lived. Maybe. I mean, maybe like, you know there's always stories shared and experiences which are cool, but but you know that every story and experience is because of the relationship, right? not because of how impressive, you know, you, all the degrees that you had, or man, they were the best engineer I ever knew, I mean, they were smart as a whip, and they were the best at uh, Nintendo games, I mean, amazing, or Xbox these days, I guess Nintendo's taking a back seat, but anyway, uh, uh, becoming like Jesus, who are you becoming, is the question, and, and you and I both know that whether we want to or not, we are becoming someone. And so I'd like to invite you just to evaluate who you are becoming, and and, and the invitation from Jesus is to become people of love, people in his image, and not not love defined by the practical textbook ideas around the culture we live in, but but love defined by Jesus. Are we becoming people of love? And here's the incredible kind of invitation, is the degree that we apprentice under Jesus, so so however much we decide to walk in this relationship, to the degree that you and I apprentice under Jesus is the degree that we experience transformation in our character. Who we are becoming is in relation to being with Jesus. That the invitation is to be with Jesus and he does the transformation process as we partner with him. This is most commonly called spiritual formation. We don't use this language a lot at City Church, but spiritual formation or the process by which we are becoming transformed into the image of Jesus, becoming people of love, and this is an invitation into a journey. The problem that you and I face, and this is what we're working on constantly at City Church, is that the Western-like pinnacle for for at least 100 years of spiritual formation has been the invitation. This might be true if you've been around it for any amount of time, is the pinnacle of spiritual formation is come to church, read the Bible, and tithe. You do those things, and you are going to be transformed. I mean, your life will be amazing. And the problem is, well, I'm all for those practices, by the way. I do them all, but on their own people do that maybe for a decade or two decades and they look up and they don't feel all that transformed and and so then you ask the question well what, why am i doing it all if if it's not actually working and none of us are accidentally transformed no, none of us wake up tomorrow and all of a sudden you're like man i'm just like not anxious anymore like i think i finally grew out of it it's about time like, you know what? Like, you're don't. You're not you not going to wake up, you know, a year from now. Like, you know what? I'm like not materialistic anymore. Just, bam, it happened. Like, I just don't want stuff. It's amazing. Like, we, we don't wake up just instantly transformed, but we have to have intentional spiritual formation. We, and we talk about this. Unintentional spiritual formation is just what happens when you wake up tomorrow. And so if you and I are not intentional, if you're not thinking about where things are going, I've, I'm thinking about it right now. I've got a five and a seven-year-old. And, like, there's parenting on autopilot, and then there's, like, parenting with an end goal in mind. And, and, and I'm kicking myself for how often on a Tuesday I have parented on autopilot when I'm parenting towards something, whether it's intentional or not. My children are becoming people, little peoples, right? And sometimes it's intentional, sometimes it's not, and I have a role there. And the same way you and I are becoming someone. And so this is the paradigm that we use at City Church. I just want to remind you of it because this is how we become, if we're going to practice the way of Jesus together in Boulder, this is how we do it by intentionally letting our habits and the influences around us and the stories that we live in shape how we think. So we press in intentionally to teaching that counters the stories that we hear, the feeds that that just are bombarding us, the, the kind of culture that we live in that's full of truth and half lies and all kinds of agenda. You and I fight that with teaching, both from Jesus to the weekend gathering, podcast books, all kinds of things to rewrite our mental maps. And so we press into teaching, we press into Um, practice, which is what we're talking about today, right? this idea of fasting, that it can get into our bones and it actually begins to change our lives, or whatever, reading the scriptures and prayer, silence, solitude, Sabbath, all of the different practices are a means to an end of, of helping us become the kind of people that Jesus invites us to be, all lived out in community, So this is intentionally living in a space, what we call our city groups, where we get into a space of high accountability, high love. You are known. You are loved. You are safe. But it's also not just a group hangout, but a space where we are being formed together and living out the purposes of God. What are we doing? Practicing the way of Jesus together in Boulder. And that's not what's happening only in this room. This is great. We love to gather and be a part of what God does here, but there's so much more all in the environment of the Holy Spirit, which we, we just did a series, a 12-week series in the fall talking more about that, but in the machine that we live in called Boulder, this this we love our city, but left to its own space is going to form you and I, unless we counter everything around us with intentional spiritual formation, which is this is how we become the people of Jesus. You and I are being formed, and we've gotta ask the question, while we're being formed, we've gotta ask all the way around us, like what is this Netflix show doing to me? What is this podcast doing inside of me? What are these friend groups doing to me? What is this media feed doing to me? What are these books doing to me? What, what are these spaces and how I'm using my time? How am I being formed? And you and I don't naturally go there because we are so busy and so distracted. And so you're probably feeling a little overwhelmed because you're like, holy crap, we gotta do all of that in order to be formed like Jesus? Like, I don't think Jesus had a graph when he was standing on the side of the hill with his guys. Like, why is this so much Here's the beautiful invitation. When it comes to being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and lastly, doing what Jesus did, we're asking the question, what would Jesus do if he were me? Not what, I, what would I do if I were Jesus, but what would Jesus do if he were me? And as we become people, not only internally of love, but in word and deed, for becoming these people and doing what Jesus did. We're starting John tomorrow, right? It's to give us a vision of the good life, who Jesus said he was, but also what to do in relation to following Jesus. And we're practicing this way together, not alone. And so this is a great space, but it's gotta be in community. And here's the, here's the reality of this invitation is that all of this has to be in a space where we slow down. We, we love what God is doing in City Church. We love our communities. We love this city, and we love all the amazing things that are coming out of Boulder. We also recognize how hard it is to follow Jesus in this cultural moment. That, that Jesus said it's, it's going to be like a war. Like it feels like a fight, that there's going to be persecution, if you will, for following Jesus. And while you and I are not experiencing what's happening around the world, of like there's not like violence toward you and I. They can feel at times as followers of Jesus of, of even an emotional violence to following the way of Jesus in a city like Boulder. And we love our city. We're for our city. But we're not going to be naturally formed into the image of Jesus by showing up on a weekend, reading the Bible, and then hoping it all works out. We've got to be intentional with teaching, practice, community, together the way of Jesus, but it won't happen by trying harder. It won't happen by filling your plate with more. It will happen by slowing down and focusing on the few things that are in front of us. So I hope you hear me today. This is not an invitation to do more. This is not an invitation to do more. This is an invitation to concentrate on the very simple invitation of being with Jesus becoming like Jesus and doing what Jesus did. One teaching doesn't transform us on a Sunday. One day of scripture reading doesn't transform us on a Monday. One Wednesday of fasting just makes us hangry. This is a journey together over time with an arc of becoming people of love. And if you have not yet determined the target of your desire, who am I becoming and who do I want to become? Those are two different questions, by the way. Who you want to become does not necessarily mean that's who you're becoming. Only when it's intentional do we end up somewhere on purpose. And so today the invitation is simple, to practice the way of Jesus together in Boulder. The way of Jesus, meaning his mental maps, his way of life, way of living, relationship with God, relationship in community, relationships with the world around us. How are we going to be a church that helps people find their way to God from where they are? How are we going to see lostness decrease, as Jesus would talk about it in Boulder, from 93% to 92%? By practicing the way of Jesus together in Boulder, his way, not my way, with you, not alone, in this context together. I was talking to my friend Alex earlier this week, and I invited him into a training we were doing, and he wanted to be there and then it, the day rolled around and he texts me and said man i've got so much on my plate i just can't i can't do it and i'm so sorry but then he's like hey listen but i've been in the in scriptures every day this week and praying and journaling and god is doing so much through that and i'm so sorry that i couldn't make it today for this thing and i said dude it's it's okay don't come like at all i don't even want to see you next week don't even try because you're winning, you're being with Jesus, that's it, slow down, be present to the very simple invitation of being with Jesus, because that's the space that we begin to become like Jesus, and that's where what's on God's heart gets onto ours, and we begin to do what Jesus did, so. What's coming in the next couple of weeks and months here at City Church is a process of learning over and over again to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what Jesus did. And this will transform our lives and our workspaces and our homes and our communities and this community next week. Don't miss it. We're talking about doing what Jesus did both locally and globally and so as, as our friends Billy and Gina are here, I don't want you to miss the chance to hear God's call on their life, what's happening around the world, and how they're going to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what Jesus did in another part of the world. We're doing an identity series, because it doesn't start with just like fixing a few things and doing the practices. We start an identity series in a couple of weeks. asking the question, who am I? Why am I here? And leaning into some discovery. We have some of our friends we we partner with this uh uh, orphanage in the philippines and planting churches all around the world and we have a team from the philippines coming here to boulder in march to share with you the investments that we're making what god's doing in those parts of the world and one of the questions we're asking is what would it look like if if we take the invitation of jesus seriously what would it look like for every jesus follower at city church to have the privilege of baptizing someone they've been investing in and have introduced to jesus That's the call on every one of us as Jesus followers, to be disciples, apprentices that make disciples. There's so much that God is doing around the world. There's so much that he's doing here in our city. But the simple invitation is to be with Jesus. Become like Jesus and do what he did. And it starts, if you're willing, to take this journey with us tomorrow. Grab that scripture journal on the way out. If you don't have it, start in chapter one. I've got a couple of those on the screen for you. There's a tool in there to help you actually get something out of it, rather than just reading, actually writing things down. Join a city group if you haven't, because this in community is is massive. Fast with your community Wednesdays and Fridays for the next three weeks. And then in the middle, intentionally in the middle of of this fast, is a night of worship and prayer. To take that evening, it's on a Friday, so we're all going to show up hungry and super, you know, in the spirit. It's going to be great. But there's a night of worship on 2-3 that you're invited into to prioritize the space of prayer and seeking God together. So, not more. Let's slow down and be present to the few things that Jesus has invited us into. Let's watch him change us from the inside out. That we might live lives that are so full of love that we could live in a city that might disagree with what we believe, but they are blown away by our love. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for my friends in the room. Thank you for the invitation to to be with you, to follow you, to reorient our lives around your way, to trust you that you you know what you're talking about, that, that your way of life is actually the access point into what it means to be truly human, the access point into what you call the good life. Not easy, but definitely the best. I pray for my friends in the room, no matter where they find themselves on their spiritual journey, that they would hear the invitation f- clearly from you. If anyone wants to be my follower, my disciple, let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. That to truly gain life, Jesus, you tell us we must lose it first, that we don't have it all figured out. Who would lean into you, trust in you, and follow you. Jesus, if any of my friends in the room have never made a decision to trust in you for the first time, I pray today they would find that opportunity in the silence of the moment during our worship sets, as they reflect on your invitation. Would they make the decision, both mentally, but at a heart level, to trust in you that you are who you said that you are, that you not only lived a perfect life, you died for our sins, you were buried, you rose again, proving you were who you said you were. You can do in our lives what you said you would do. Make us right with God and invite us into life to the full, both now and forever. Would we trust you in that and make a decision today to follow you? For those of us that are followers of Jesus, God, help us not to be overwhelmed and distracted to death with information overload, but help us to understand the simple invitation to be with you, to become like you, and to do what you did, and cultivate in us a desire to want it, and to choose it, even when it feels feels like, like discipline. Help us to choose it, and trust in you. And God, I pray that it would begin to move into spaces of delight. As we worship in these next two songs, Jesus, would you speak? If there's anything you want us to know, anything you want us to do, would we hear and obey? It's in Jesus' name, amen.